0: Welcome to another Friday, fun, fun Friday edition of Second City Sports. Real live and live color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80.
1: You find me at Katie McGee on the Twitter and at KLSGO again, the IG.
0: Make sure you download the Sports On Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on our other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So you happen to miss them. You can go back and watch them and listen to it at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports On Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports On Chicago, make sure you catch us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube you want to catch the audio version of this show, you, you can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's War Media Podcast. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. That's War Media Podcast. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, uh, go ahead and give them a follow at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance. Your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the projectly Fun,
0: and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions? doing our two-hour guess we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the bo- up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and/or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to build and be and peel boot. Bye bye. I love what she says that. But before we begin, we must remind you that you also catch Sports on Chicago now live on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, we know you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, your personal PC. Whatever it is, just download, go to the Google Play Store, download the Roku TV app, and access Sports Chicago through that way. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give up the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand.
1: Anywhere, any, anywhere, everywhere that you want, it's right there for you.
0: And you know we can provide. There you go. I ain't moving on. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get this party started, Lakita, by discussing the NCAA tur- Tournament. The round of 16-8 took place last night. Uh, we had two instant classics, and we will start with the first game, uh, the, the first uh, of the instant classics. It was the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, they gave the UCLA Brewers a run for their money, and they defeated the, the UCLA Brewers in a comeback fashion by the score of 79-76. Julian Starweather... Uh, hit a logo three uh, to give the to give the Gonzaga Bulldogs the lead right back, and they held on to win LaQuina. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we went on the air today, it, it was an instant classic. I had a chance to catch most of the second half. UCLA came out on fire in the first half. Drew T- Timmy was the only one that kept the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the game, but it was my man Javi uh, Javi Vasquez that kept them in. Tiger Campbell tried but it wasn't enough Uh, for one stretch in that second half. UCLA went over 11 minutes without scoring. There were our um, second chance points. It was 18 to nothing advantage for Gonzaga at one point, but UCLA did not quit, but they just couldn't pull away. Even though they grabbed the lead with 12 seconds to go, it wasn't enough. Gonzaga held on to win.
1: Yeah, it's one of those games where it was a game of runs. I mean, UCLA was up 13 in the in the first half. They actually were up as mm-hmm. much as 16. They didn't score for almost 12 minutes. That's not going to win you a lot of games. And you know, they were forcing shots, you know, shots from falling. They were broken shots. I mean, I know some people want to blame the death because of course they had your know, various injuries as you're know, going, you know, going on, but you know, Jalen Clark, among others. But even still, you still you you, you should have put Gonzaga away. And you know, their defense and such kind of let them down. Yes, you know, Timmy had a great show in the second half with 36 points. You know, Jared Stratham, you know, Stratham, I should say, you know, had you know, sixteen points, including that game, winning three. I mean, it was actually you know, Timmy missed a couple of uh, key free throws. That that that's that's mm-hmm. what kept that's what kept um, you know the UCLA in it as much as you know, long as they did. But the thing, you know, and he has you know, twenty, you know, he had twenty points in this game for the tenth time of his career. He actually becomes the first player to ever uh, with a, a double-digit twenty-point games in the uh, in the history of the uh, of the tournament, you know. You saw all the history of that, but you know, like it was one of those days where, yes, you want to give Gonzaga all the credit to world for catching up. There's their six, you know, time catching up from season from ten plus down. But at the same time, though, they and they could easily lost that game. And through UCLA, didn't have didn't have a great second half. They had like 19 points at one point, so that's not going to win you a lot of games. And of course, yeah, you give Gazaga all the credit, but UCLA lost that game as much as Gonzaga won it.
0: Uh, Just a couple more statistics that that jumped out at me while watching this game last night. Total turnovers, Gazaga had 16, UCLA had six. Of course, Gazaga, most of that came in the first half. Where, like you said, UCLA had that 13-point advantage going into the locker room. But in the rebounding department, Gazaga just uh, doubled UCLA in the rebounding advantage, 50-26, to 26, of course. Gazaga turned up their defense in the second half, which led to, you, you mentioned, nearly 12 minutes with UCLA without scoring until the very end of the game, even though UCLA took the lead. but Gonzaga uh, they still uh, uh, credit to them Lakina for winning the game but they got away with no pun intended murder last night and Lakina outside of Tiger Campbell and and of course uh, Vasquez which I think this is it for him I will mm-hmm. I think we'll see him in the next level in the NBA who else was who else was going to step up uh, in the scoring department last night besides the guy that hit the shot uh, to uh, let them go ahead because I thought he was the best player uh, on the floor for UCLA in that second half when they were going through that long drought.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Bailey, you're talking about, he was, the, he was mm-hmm. the one that, you know, that kind of, you know, he kept UCLA in as much as he could. You know, I'm I'm not yeah. Bailey, but you know, he, you know, he's actually a Chicago kid actually. So,
0: Shout
1: yeah, out to him. Yeah, so uh, he's yeah he kind of you know kept UCLA in it for as much. That's probably why they didn't pull away. Like I said, Timmy missed a couple of you know free throws that kind of you know that that could have you know, put the game away from Gonzaga. But at the same time though, you, you have to you have to like you know UCLA you know, gave that game away. Like they mm-hmm. had you know multiple chances to kind of put it away. They did not. They actually had a couple of chances late to try to maybe perhaps you know that us draw their shot at me that he he shot it from the logo and look I remember him. Hit, you know, hitting that same shot during a, a game as BYU uh, earlier in, in conference play. I don't know if you want to compare it to the Chris Jenkins, yo, know, play, but let's remember no one guard the inbounds uh, at least somebody guard the arch uh, arch Diakono's uh, inbounds uh, pass in that, you know, 2017 national championship game. But on the flip side, UCLA decided not to guard the inbound inbound pass, which I thought was a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, kind of off-putting there but yeah it's just like one of those days where this is, you know Mick Cronin you know know, this is one of those games where he's probably gonna have nightmares about this one because I think they're what like Mm -hmm. six and two now Gonzaga is against UCLA in tournament well actually all overall but also I think they're like one two the last three of course we saw that Jalen Suggs uh three that they hit in the semifinal a few years ago Mm -hmm. during the during the pandemic so yeah the height of the pandemic so so yeah I mean it was just like, like I said, it, was just, it seemed a little off-putting, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that last play of the game, Lakina, I was surprised that Gonzaga was not uh, then uh, guard the inbounds pass, which was I believe it was Vasquez for that last second shot that Tiger Campbell did get off, even though he didn't make it. I was surprised mm-hmm. that, that Gonzaga chose not to do that because, remember, UCLA did not have any timeouts remaining.
1: No, they didn't, and they still have about seven. Yeah, it's a little over seven seconds to work with, and, you know, it's interesting to me that it was, you know, kind of, like wow, really? That uh it was yeah. one point
0: two on the clock.
1: Yeah, but no, 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 no. When on top of hit that, had that set, hit that game. Mm. It was a seven seconds so left. Like they probably okay. could have. No, they didn't have a, a, a timeout, but yeah, they could have set up a little bit of a better shot. I mean, you know, Campbell was able to set up, but yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. You know, they didn't foul him, but you know, luckily for uh, for I uh, didn't go in, so you know, we'll see. You know, it, 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 was, it was. It was a great game, but yeah, it was more about like some weirdness that happened after you know during those last few minutes, but. You know, going back to you know staying in the uh, going back to actually to the East region, uh, the first game of that game that was probably probably the game of the tournament, Kansas State. Um, going back to uh, the, crazy, the
0: faith, crazy faith,
1: <laughs> crazy faith.
0: Head coach Jerome Tang of Kansas State. I like. I nice. love that guy. I really do.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's terrific. Ninety-eight, uh, ninety-three, uh win over Michigan uh, State in overtime, which is a thriller. It was back and forth. You know, Michigan State mm-hmm. was up for a little bit early on. The K State you had a little bit of run. Then Michigan State came back. It was sort of definitely back and forth from a uh, start to finish. And uh, Marquise Newell. And if you guys haven't heard of the name. Uh, he was all he's all Big 12. He's a fifth-year senior on that team. He's one of the lone hold, holdovers when um uh, Jerome Tang, you know, came you know, took over. Probably had one of the best, um, probably one of the best stats in the tournament so far, other than you know, the other Timmy set that we talked about um yesterday. Uh he had tw- he had 20 points and 19 assists. That's the most assists someone has had in the tournament since this became a setback in 84. He actually passes mm-hmm. Mark Wade, who had 18 assists. In '87 uh, semifinals, he also joins a because a, a fifth player uh, with 15, with at least 15 points and 15 assists in a tournament game. Since assists became a stat, of course, in '84, he joins John Morant, Earl Watson, Sam Crawford, and Akeem Smart. Not a bad list there to join. But yes, but it was other, but it was other uh, guys that stepped up. I mean, you know, Keontae Johnson said that he had 22 points. Um, you what know, a so- great
0: story from him. He collapsed on the court a few years ago. He was with Florida. No one thought he would be able to make it back as far as playing basketball. Uh, he's taking advantage of his opportunities, and I'm glad that young man's rewarded in a positive light.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, a great story. If you guys haven't you know, checked out, he was actually – Tang actually recruited him, of course. He he dealt with you know, players who had similar situations when he was at Baylor, so that's how he was mm-hmm. able to get there. Also, Ismael uh, Masood had a couple of big shots late to kind of put the game away for uh, for uh, K-State. And, of course, you know, Noel being a, a – a, a a show of the new york guys um tyson walker had uh 16 points of losing effort of course you guys remember go back a couple of days you know he gave uh he co- he hooked up coaches with some pizza from uh crazy hmm. new york city uh pizza place so you guys didn't get check that out from a couple of days ago yeah but going back to the game I mean, this was a, a really a great uh performance by k-state i mean they they stuck with michigan state you know michigan State. you know they made their shots you know to kind of force overtime but they they kind of let them down late in the game so in, in overtime. So, yeah, that was just a, a tough loss for Michigan State, but, yeah, a great win for K-State.
0: Yeah, we finally got to see 90 points, even though it took overtime. Like, it, was, it was a great mm-hmm. thing to see. We saw a 90s, early 2000s NBA game with some scoring, so I was happy mm-hmm. to see that. But uh, don't forget, A.J. Hogart had 25 for Michigan State. He really kept them in the game, especially in in, over, in overtime as well. Total turnovers for the game, there were 18, 13 of them were by Michigan State, and especially in, in that overtime uh, that's I thought it was one of the key factors for Kansas State um, holding on to win that game in the rebounding. Michigan State had a six uh, a six rebound plus six advantage in the rebounding department. But I noticed that Kansas State uh, they got hot from the outside, especially late in regulation. But they were penetrating inside. They took something off of the Michigan's interior defense, and, and that's what you like to see, especially at this time of year. One of the elements that you got to have uh, to win the tournament.
1: Yeah, they basically of course, you know, Noel had that, uh, had a big steal against, mm-hmm. uh, I think that, I think that was Walker or it might've been, uh, Hoggard who, uh, who had that ball, but yeah, who led the way with 25 points for, uh, for Sparty, but yeah, it was definitely like one of those great games, you know, for a start to finish, like I said, Newell, you know, a bad ankle and all I remember, he twisted his ankle pretty badly in the mm-hmm. middle of that second half. So the fact that he was able to come back and have the great performance that he had, I mean, it's just amazing. So you now sticking to the East region, you know, we'll, do will do this again before we go to break, but, uh, Florida, Atlanta going back. Going to the uh, the Elite Eight for the first time. Actually, they're the fourth team since the Felix man in '85 to reach the Elite Eight after entering the year with no NCAA tournament games. Uh, they, you know, it was it wasn't a wasn't a great game for Tennessee. I mean, I think there's a battle out. who had the worst second half. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, obviously <laughs> Tennessee was had the program. worst. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, yeah, but, you know, but I mean, they just like, couldn't score. I mean, that was like their problem. I, mean, I know there was a, uh, I know it was a flavor foul called on one of their guys, you know, but, you know, unfortunately you're six, from, you, you go six from 23 from three point range. That's not going to get you a good done. Uh, also too, you only score, uh, you, you only shot like 33% from uh, the field. That's not going to do it for you either. So it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, it is unfortunate for the volunteers. They had a nice year, you know, playing in the SEC. But uh, playing against a team like Florida Atlantic, where you have all the confidence in the world, uh, these types of things happen. With also with Tennessee, this is not going to win you ball games. You shoot thirty three percent overall, twenty six from three. Uh, that's going to do it <laughs> in terms of lack of scoring. Mm-hmm. So just, as you mentioned, uh, they couldn't shoot the ball well. Uh, Florida Atlantic barely made it with over forty two percent shooting, twenty nine from three, but. Uh, they really didn't need the three-point shot. I gave to. They'll need it against their next opponent, which we'll get to on the other side of this break. But uh, Tennessee, especially in the last five minutes that I was able to catch, uh, they couldn't score a lick. I'm not trying to overstate the obvious, but they really found this. Uh, uh, found, they picked a struggle, and it was, and it was not scoring the basketball, especially inside.
1: Yeah, the struggle was definitely there for Tennessee. Uh, yeah, Janelle Davis had 15 points. I mean, who's their leader scorer for the Owls? I mean, look, it, it was just, you know, it, just, it, it it's like I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. This game kind of like, it left me flabbergasted because it, <laughs> it was just not a good game. And, you know, I know Tennessee will- up you know, for about eight by five in the second half but you know like you said they got they got cold and and so as we look give dusty May and his guys credit i mean no one thought that you know florida atlantic would be able to get to a tournament. they were picked to win the conf win conference usa but no one thought that they would actually you know, be this close to uh it's going to be between uh florida atlantic and k-state in real you know, for the final four in the east region i mean <laughs> it's just like yeah no one predicted
0: that that's why we love marsh Madness and in- Real quick before we break for the bottom of the hour, if you if you Memphis' head coach, Penny Hardaway, you kicking yourself in the tail right now. Because it should have been them since they well, lost well, to Florida Atlantic in the opening round.
1: Well, yeah, I know, I know Penny Hardaway. I know a lot of Memphis fans are still smarting over that loss. But, you know, I don't know. But it'll be interesting. Let's like, see what happens. But yeah, We'll preview that game, of course. We'll actually preview tonight's game. Of course, we'll also recap the other game from uh, last night, Uh it was totally on one side, that's why we are saving that game for last, but we'll preview <laughs> the other games tonight in uh, the Midwest and the South, region of course, uh, tomorrow's Elite Eight games, and also Sydney a too, as well. The Kingdom Against Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We'll have more Hoopstock coming up right after this.
2: This year,
3: my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school.
4: These <laughs> colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need
3: for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year! This jacket is a real must-have! My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool! These scissors really come in handy in art class.
2: These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be
4: a real lifesaver.
2: And I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trish is having a sleepover tonight, can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10. But one of these days, a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom! I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom.
0: They really do hear you.
2: Did you pack your toothbrush?
0: For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
4: This is Doctor J, and
0: I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Sorry. Welcome back to Second City Sports on this Friday fun fun Friday edition. We're live, and live in Living Color right here on Sports SportsZone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can hit up yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at sidkid 80 Once again at sidkid 80 that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80.
1: You find that Kim again on the Twitter and the Kells Girl again, on the IG.
0: We have less than 85 minutes left of this extravagance. We call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page. Or sports on sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Before we get into our NBA discussion for this for this break for this ha- half hour, I should say, we'll give you our our picks for tonight's uh, ball games as the round of sixteen will wrap up in the NCAA tournament. As Lakina mentioned before the break, we have one more game to review. This is not much of a review, but in the mm-hmm. uh, other regional game last night. It was number four UConn defeating number eight Arkansas, eighty-eight to sixty-five. Sorry. Yeah,
1: sorry, we're getting having some troubles uh, with uh said Wi-Fi here. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about the Arkansas uh you know UConn game. Like I said, there's not much to talk about. I mean UConn you know, just hammered uh, Arkansas from the word from from jump and you know just uh you know a, a dominate by uh by the Huskies from UConn and Jordan Hawkins had twenty-four points and.
0: Okay. I know Lakina's having some technical difficulty issues right now. Hopefully we can get it back in a few minutes as uh, we continue here on Second City Sports on the Friday Fun Front Friday edition. I'm Sid the Kid as we uh, reviewed the last game that took place last night in Madison Square Garden. It was uh, UConn over Arkansas 88-65. to And watching some of those highlights, Lakina, are you back with us?
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. We got kicked out for both got kicked out for some reason. Like yeah,
0: was crazy, but uh, speaking of getting kicked out, Arkansas got kicked out last night. They we couldn't make not. a shot. Uh UConn uh dominated inside early in the office. I thought that was a, a major difference in the game. Anthony Black by Arkansas led the Razorbacks with twenty points. Jordan Hawkins led UConn with twenty four. Like I said, Lakina, the inside uh inside play for UConn was tremendous. The defense from from arkansas was uh was poor especially from the interior and yukon took took full advantage of that last night
1: yeah it's a story you know, uh, you know our buddy adama sanogo had uh, 18 points and you know it was just one of those things where he had you know they just really they you know arkansas just really didn't really have an answer for them i mean you know they started hitting their threes i'm talking about yukon look when yukon's hitting their shots they're tough to beat, and with mm-hmm. their defense you look, you know, we, so we know how Danny Hurley, we don't know how Hurley's, so you know, they, you know, his dad taught him that, you know, rough and tumble, you know, inside and outside, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're, we're seeing that too, you know, finally it's kind of starting to come to fruition for UConn and they just dominated Arkansas and they just didn't have an answer for them. They go pretty deep UConn so they can work you out uh, with their deaf as well. So, uh, just a, you know, just a clinic for, uh, a you know Connecticut. They're back in the day for the first time since 2014. Remember that team, uh Kimba and the gang as they call it. they oh, that was a team that won a national championship. So yeah, before
0: he had bad knees in the NBA, which was yeah. which is sad, but that's, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother
1: that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, you said yeah. it, but uh yeah, but yeah the nice one by UConn they'll face Gonzaga in the West uh regional uh final we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's quickly go to uh these uh tonight's games you got San Diego <laughs> these are in the uh west and I mean I mean the Midwest and the South region and uh, of course, your first game you know, up. That's will be this will be on uh, TBS and uh and uh, CBS. So this is the first game on TBS in the South Region. You got San Diego State in Alabama. In <clears throat> excuse me, at the at the KFC Yum, Yum Center, and this will be interesting because I think it's all about this to the, the tone. I mean, we know San Diego State in their defense, you know, can kind of. You know, sort of like where you out, we don't don't Alabama, not really more of a finesse, but they're more kind of like you know, outside, mm-hmm. inside and the angle. So what do you think the key is for, for this game?
0: One for San Diego State, what type of defense they're going to have to stop Brandon Miller, who's supposed to be the number two prospect, prospect coming for this NBA draft. this summer. He, he, Of course, he's the big star for Alabama. What type of defense are they going to have on him, or they're just going to let him go lose and shut down some of the other guys? I want to see what the defensive strategy is uh, against Mr. Miller tonight. And on the flip side of Alabama, we know they are led by Brandon Miller, but who else is going to step up?
1: That's going to be the key here, and it should be a good one here. In the Midwest region, and I'm looking forward to this one. This should be a fun one down at the T Mobile Center. Uh, Houston and number five, uh, Houston and number uh, one, my number five, uh, my number one, Houston, I should say, you will say that five times size. Isaiah Wong is probably one of the best players you guys have never heard of. He's all ACC, of course. You got Marcus Sasser, you know, and the, then the Cougars. So this is going to be one of those, you know, two different styles. It's really going to be like, you know, between you know which which team could get you know get their style to be the more more prevalent. That's going to be the key, maybe for this one.
0: Yeah, don't forget about Mr. Mr. Jamal Shedd as well, so he can push the ball. Yeah, he can push the ball up the floor for the Houston Cougars. Uh, we talked about the injury uh, history, Le'Keon, for the last couple of weeks. On the show, I'm talking about Houston, but uh, they've survived it so far. They gonna, I think they're going to get a surprise uh, wake-up call tonight from the Hurricanes. I think the Hurricanes will kind of keep it close, but Houston should pull it out at the end. Houston's favored by seven, seven 7.5. I don't know if they're going to cover that. It doesn't matter. I think Houston's going to go away with this ball game, but I think Miami is going to uh, keep it uh, just uh, just close enough that they can hang around at the end, but I expect Houston to pull it out. Should it's just that, that speed for the Cougars, especially in that back backcourt, is too I think it would be too much for the Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be interesting too. But yeah, no, this the second game in the South, you got uh yeah, I don't think anybody had this, uh had this as a, a semi 16 team matchup. You know, you have number 15 Princeton against number six, uh Creighton. I mean, this could this be like first to fifty, I guess. You know, when this one could these <laughs> are totally, totally
0: that's, okay, that's Princeton style.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we know that look, Creighton is one of those teams, they're very streaky would have hit their shots, they're mm-hmm. tough to beat, but when they're not, they go ice cold. So it's gonna it's gonna be different to me your which your which uh which style you know, comes out tonight.
0: Yeah. And Crane as you mentioned, they shoot the ball well from the outside and, and they shoot it well especially from three. And Princeton they cannot uh shoot the ball well from either range two or the three. I think Creighton could be in for a surprise wiggle call. Would not be surprised if Princeton won tonight. But as you said, Lakina, it has to be ice cold shooting for Creighton or for Princeton to win. But I think Creighton will do just enough to win.
1: Should be a good one here. In the second game in the, uh, in the Midwest, you got uh, Texas and Xavier. I'm looking forward. This could be like the game of the uh, – this could be like first to 90 because both these teams can you – know, I got
0: Xavier for that. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, I mean, Jack Nug could, could hit the three, you know, Basically, yeah, I think he, he's all Big East. Silly Blum, you know, can also, you know, you know be dominant, you know, that floor general. So those two, you know, guys, that tandem could be a really solid. But, look, Texas, look, Marcus Carr, look, that's a senior-laden squad too. I mean, both these teams are veterans. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see, like, who, you know, disposes the will early. I mean, Timmy Allen, you know, can dominate on the inside too. And, look, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I think this is going to be, like, Look, no one thought Texas would get this far, especially with what happened uh, with um, you know what happened earlier this year. But the fact mm-hmm. that Ronnie Terry—he's making it very hard for uh, the Texas people to uh, not consider him to get the job permanently. So, you know, this is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, shout out to our buddy Lamont Scott uh, checking in via Facebook. Shout out to you, Lamont. How you doing? Uh, he says he's rooting for Princeton, but uh, the Crane Blue Jays will win. Uh, I kind of had that same prediction. Even though, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Princeton won, but uh, the Blue chase will have to shoot ice cold from the outside. So like, going back to uh, Xavier at Texas, like you said, I think the first to, uh, to the upper 80s or, or lower 90s will win. I think Xavier has too much speed for Texas. I think Texas is more of an inside team, or more of an uh, inside presence team. But uh, Xavier can shoot it especially well from the outside. If, if Texas, if they can keep up, I think they have a shot. I know they're favored. But uh, I expect Xavier to pull over this upset tonight. I don't think it will be too much of an upset, but like you said, they no one expected these two teams, two teams to be at this position at this point in the season.
1: Well, yeah, well, they're both two and a three seeds. I think some people would expect it would expect it. So this is sort of like this guy, you know, this is one of the years where it's basically chalk. I'll be I mean, yeah, you know, San Diego State's say it's a five C, but four and a five, I mean, although you're know, kind of even. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's interesting to see what happens there. Now, real quick, you know, on uh, tomorrow, because you got the regional finals, you got the east and the west regions, you got K-State and Florida Atlantic. Um, like I said, I think for me, I think these are like two teams that no one thought would probably get this far if you want to really want to mm-hmm. go there. And <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's all going to depend on, you know, the style. I think, you know, Mar- Marquise Newell, we'll see how the ankle uh, is with him, and, you know, we'll see if he can kind of, you know, sort of be that floor general and such. But, yeah, this should be a, this should be a fun one uh, tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Kansas State all the way crazy Faith. Let's do it one more time. Head coach Jerome Tate, let's go. No sin.
1: <laughs> All right. The West region. got got uh, the three and the four. See, so you got a uh, number three, Gonzaga. Number four, UConn. I know some people will say Gonzaga because of their experience, but UConn, mm-hmm. look, I think UConn can kind of like your word yeah. out. Look, if they can play a similar side of what Baylor did against Gonzaga a few years back in the national championship game. I, I mean, look, I, I'm sure Denny Hurley, I'm sure, you know, Jordan Hawkins and, you know, John Samong and the rest of them are probably not going to be amused. I'm sure they know. They're probably going to be hearing you have people picking Gonzaga. So. It's going to be very interesting.
0: I'll say this and keep this in mind, especially do, <clears throat> during the first five, ten minutes of the game. How much energy will Gonzaga have after mm-hmm. playing an emotional game last night? It's Happened until a couple they, years ago. Right. Yeah, uh, they trailed early. They came back. They trailed, almost gave their game away. They had to take an edge of the Logo 3 for them to win it. How much energy will they have, especially to start the game? So pay attention to the first five, ten minutes of this game. Can you kind of take advantage? If they can't, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Bulldogs. I'm taking Gazaga to win, but pay attention to the first five, ten minutes of the game for the possible fatigue factor for Gonzaga.
1: Look, it happened to him a couple years ago against uh, the national championship game against Baylor. Yeah. Just saying, sort of the same situation, but... You know, enjoy the uh, March Madness this weekend. We'll probably talk a little bit more later on with uh, Christine. But actually, this is because we got some coaching changes, too. But as this as I see Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeena like McGee, Sydney Brown with you. we got a few more minutes left, Sid, before our buddy Jordan Lazowski joins us to talk uh, Sox and, uh, and El Centro. But let's talk a little NBA. Uh, a mixed bag for the Bulls. I mean, they split their uh, their uh, Philly home and home. I mean, they beat mm-hmm. Philly on the road, which I I got to say, I was a little shocked by that uh, in, overtime, in double overtime, I should say. I was surprised by that, but, <laughs> but on the flip side, though, on Wednesday, I was not surprised. I knew that uh, Joel Embiid, who found out halfway about at the beginning of the, that double, that second overtime, he was going to be in a very good mood and either over Philly, and uh, they jumped on uh, the Bulls early, and they didn't let up. And also, too, that uh, quad strain, uh, that right cross strain hit uh, DeMar DeRozan again, so he mm-hmm. might not. You'll be, be back for a couple of games, but they're still like in that eleven spot, and they're still within that for that eight spot, too. I know that's shocking to so some Bulls fans, but yeah, <laughs> that's still the case. So, what do you think about the Bulls' this uh, performance this week?
0: Yeah, like I said, I wasn't surprised. As we said on our show on Monday, they needed a split, and it's exactly what they got. But quickly on, the, on the Monday's victory at Philadelphia, Derrick Jones Jr. playing the five spot, he got the key mm-hmm. block in that su- second Who knew? overtime. Who knew? Yeah, I know. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> he got the key block in, in the second overtime to clutch it for the Bulls. As uh, another thing that I'm going to say right now. I like the way Zach Levine is playing. I know he had 16 points the other night, but the game was way out of reach. But you start to see more confidence in Zach Levine's knee, and you start to see more confidence in himself because, as I said before, the last two, three weeks, he's being more aggressive, taking the ball to the basket. He doesn't have the ball hog. And that's helping out DeRozan. It's helping out Vucevic. It's helping the rest of the guys on the floor. Now, coming off the bench, Kobe White. I know he didn't have the – he had a great – game. he was the only person that had a great game on Wednesday. He had 19 points, but he's been playing very well, uh, giving the Bulls that energy off the bench, which this team needs. But Io DeSumo, I'm still rooting for him, but he's been kind of up and down lately, and I I don't like the way he's been playing right now. I don't know uh, what it is from him, but – uh, you still going to need something from him between now and the end of the season. But it all starts with Zach Levine being aggressive, taking the ball to the basket, not always settling for that 18-foot jumper.
1: Yeah. And we're seeing kind of seeing more and more, look, nobody had their best game, you know, in that game. Of course, like I said, the, the game, you know, they were up like, you know, I think you know, Philly was up by like 20, like halfway through the, uh, the first quarter. So mm-hmm. there was really nothing that they you know that the Bulls could do. I know some people want to bitch and moan about uh the Bulls. Again, I'm talking about you, uh, Mark Silverman, love you, but you're, <laughs> your, your Bulls taste have been, your Bulls taste have been a little bit uh, uh on a, uh on a uh, push into sort of like, you know, hot takey side lately, but that's a whole different uh thing. But, uh, yeah, but let's let's go back because we don't have a lot of time. But let's go back to the rest of the NBA. Uh, you know, going back real quick, you know, a big win for the Clippers. One twenty-seven, 105 as As uh, PG is out with a, a knee injury. It's not serious. You know, there's no no ligament damage. You know, but he'll be really reevaluated re- in about three weeks. But you know, uh you know, Kawhi had thirty-two points to lead the way there, and uh, this was the win that they desperately, especially with PG going to be out for the next few weeks.
0: Yeah. So uh, as I said, this is someone the other day. So it's going to be about Kawhi Leonard and it's going to be about Russell Westbrook uh, from here on out until the end of the regular season because, like you said, the uh, the injury to Paul George. I saw I saw that play the other night. It, it looked nice. I thought it was a broken leg. Thank goodness it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it looks like yeah. Paul George is going to be That's okay. Best. But Nicholas Batum stepped up last night hit a couple big shots. But pay attention to this for the Clippers, another uh, key guy that who's out right now, Norman Powell, uh, who's mm-hmm. been given a great minutes this season. Uh, they better get him back healthy before the playoffs. If they don't, it, it's going to be a long – this is going to be a short uh postseason stay for the Clippers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's not a good thing if you're uh the Clippers of course a magic upset the Knicks 101 111 I should say 106. Uh I guess they're not
0: going to the Eastern Conference finals, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess hold so. on. I, mean, I look, we try to warn folks. We uh, you know, look, I mean they they've done things, you know, but you know you know Paula Puckero had 21 and a nice balanced scoring uh, there. Now going back to Tuesday's matchups, uh, the Lakers, your buddy Austin Reeves again uh, Sid, you know 122, <laughs> 111 over the Suns. Um, you know got a nice uh, win for them. Of course, you know no KD for Fe- for Phoenix and no, of course no Le- you know, no LeBron for the Lakers. But like I said, it was Austin Reeves. He had 25. And you know, he's the first undrafted player to average uh 30 points over a two game span. So, you know, it, it's just like one of those things where they're kind of like they're sort of see someone back and forth who was to get that middle of the pack, you'll see. But uh, yeah, this is a nice win for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I got a chance to watch the second half of that game uh the other night on Tuesday. You mentioned Austin Reeves had, had 35 points. Uh, Jared uh, Vanderbilt had a nice uh, oop left handed dunk at the end. Uh, that one's a steal it away for the Lakers. Uh, he had a nice game. Dennis Schroeder chipped in nicely, but Anthony Davis, he's healthy, he didn't get hurt yet, thank goodness. If you're Mm. a Lakers fan, you need him to dominate, especially from the inside, and he's been playing well ever since his return from injury, uh, despite that that mess up last Friday night against Dallas. I know we'll get to them, I'm talking about Dallas in a minute, but uh, Anthony Davis had a nice game, so as long as those role players continue to play well, uh, I think the Lakers, just like the Bulls, will sneak into that play-in tournament and uh, keep your eye on D'Angelo Russell. Uh, ever, ever since he returned uh, from from uh, return from the injured list, he's been playing very well.
1: Very well, indeed. Let's talk about that uh, Dallas Golden State game. You know, uh, Golden State got a road win, <laughs> snapping that uh, long losing streak on the road. But apparently, I guess you know, I, I I didn't get I didn't watch it, but I I heard about what happened. I guess uh, the there was some mix up with the refs, and you know, the refs pointed uh, the the Mavs, the mass direction, but then you know, he changed his mind and went to. Uh, Dallas, I'll be mean, a uh, goal to the states' direction, and
0: yeah. And you know, the PA guy said it was Dallas ball, it was crazy. Then Mark Cuban got up and started yelling and screaming at the scores table. Then he started tweeting again
1: about filing <laughs> up That's a
0: protest from 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, you saw about you know, oh, we're gonna file a protest. I'm like, wait, uh, yeah. well, the Bulls could have done that a couple of times. I know, uh, the Cavs could have done a couple. Of- but yeah, I mean, you know what? What? What can you do? I mean, it's a little bit nutty. You know, the the referee has been sort of weird this year. But you know, we will mm-hmm. rehash that. Um, so oh, speaking was- of the
0: referee, real quick, Lakina, did you hear about the story by Fred Van Fleet about the referee who uh, uh, who teed him up a few weeks ago when the uh, Toronto played the Clippers? And yeah, I heard of about course. That. Uh, uh, yeah, and then of course, um, uh, Van Fleet criticized him after the game and got fined thirty k. Now that referee is no longer be part of a crew chief. Uh, ahead of uh, working games uh, from now to the end of the regular season, and so many people I ask us should, uh, even though technically, uh, Fred Flea broke rule of criticizing the officials publicly, do you think the league should rescind his $30,000 fine?
1: What could have, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, if, if you're uh, well, i will to see if Van Peele decides to appeal it. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see if, you know, he does appeal it. So, they ended up actually getting rid of the ref for the rest of the year. So, mm-hmm. they must have thought he was right. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even though the NBA won't admit that publicly. <laughs> They'll never
1: say it. But, yeah. Uh, Miami uh, beat uh, the Knicks. You know, not a, this is a good week for the Knicks. 127-120. Uh, also, shout out to Eric Spoelstra, who got his 1,000th win. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a pretty uh, exclusive club, of course. You know, his uh, uh, mentor Pat Riley, of course, has over a thousand wins as well. So uh, yeah, you know, very underrated coach. I mean, we'll see if Miami can get together. They've been coming up and down the last uh, few weeks. Uh, real quick, a couple other uh, scores of note: OKC got them. You know, got them the first time about of the Clippers, and I'm not repeating mm-hmm. myself. They did play twice this week. You know, don't don't ask me. Oh time. yeah, what
0: happened? Real quick, what happened to that last play of the game with um Kawhi Leonard? Uh, couldn't the Clippers at least uh, call a pick and roll there?
1: Yeah, that was, I don't know what I, was I, I, I found that
0: last play. This is from Tuesday night's game, by the way. I, I found that to be weird. You know, I forgot yeah. who was guarding Kawhi. He played very well, uh, very good defense on Kawhi, but could you at least set Nicholas Batumo apart, George out for a screen to yeah, free I know. him?
1: Yeah, that was, that was a little bit weird. Yeah, that was a little bit weird that they how that that play was set up. You know, it was kind of like you know, they only needed you know, they tried to take a three, he tried to take a three, but yeah, they only needed a, a basket. So I don't know what mm-hmm. what happened there, but uh, you know, it, it's a little bit night you now. Goal is saying, you know, they won two in a row on the road. Yay! Uh, of course, you know, they beat uh Houston there on Monday. Memphis, of course, got Dallas, one 112, 108. Of course, you know, that's you know, that was again, that was before Luca came back. Um And so, like I said, the Knicks lost to the T-Wolves. Again, like I said, it wasn't a good week for the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> they lost to them. Also, shout out to uh, Brendan Ingle, who got his first uh, triple-double a couple of days ago. So, that was, uh, you know, first career triple-double. So, I think that was a really, a uh, couple of days ago, that was a really uh, nice moment there. I know they were all celebrating, you know, with him. He did that against mm-hmm. the San Antonio Spurs. You know, got 32 points. I think, like, 10 boards and, like, 12 assists. Like I said, his first career uh, triple-double. So, uh, congrats to him.
0: Yeah, correct to him. All right, Lacan, before we close up, shop for the top of the hour before we get to our White Sox talk, we'll go through the schedule for this weekend's games from the Around the National Basketball Association. Of course, tonight the Bulls will start their West Coast road trip. They'll play at the Portland Trail Blazers. That's tonight at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago. For the rest of you, NBA League Pass, I think for you in Port- those of you in Portland area, that's uh, Root Sports, if I'm not mistaken. So that's Kevin Calabro, a long-time Seattle uh, Sonics announcer. He does a great job doing the Portland Trailblazers games. Uh, for the rest of the schedule for today, it looks like this. The Pacers at the Celtics at 6 o'clock. That's the first game of the NBA TV doubleheader. Uh, the Spurs and Wizards at 6 o'clock. 6.30, Detroit at Toronto. At 7 o'clock, the Rockets says the Grizzlies. John Moran returned the other night. And the, the Memphis is back on track. Hopefully, John Morant can get back on track outside of basketball. We'll leave it at that. At 7.30, Charlotte at Dallas. Dallas needs to get it together. At 8 o'clock, Milwaukee at Utah. The Jazz is still trying to climb back into that play-in tournament in the Western Conference. Uh, the second game of the NBA TV doubleheader tonight, Philadelphia at Golden State at 9 o'clock. And also wrapping up the Friday night schedule, the Phoenix Suns at the Sacramento Kings. That should be a for one. Uh, get your tracks shoes ready for that. And at 9.30, we have OKC. In staying in LA, but taking on the Lakers tonight at nine
1: o'clock. That face Sacramento game should be interesting. Uh, we're going into tomorrow's games. Um, Saturday, you got Indiana and uh, Atlanta at four o'clock. I know a lot of Bulls fans are interested in that game. Brooklyn mm-hmm. and Miami at seven o'clock. Uh, Milwaukee and Denver that's at eight on NBA TV. That should be a fun one. Maybe an NBA Finals preview. We'll see. Uh, Philadelphia. And Phoenix, no, no, you know, you know, Phoenix, you know, uh, both both teams are going to be going off, come off a of back to back, so we'll see how both teams look tomorrow. Uh, Utah and Sacramento, that should be a fun one again, back to back. So again, we'll see how both these teams uh, mesh up here, and it'll be the uh, uh, the Pelicans and the Clippers. That should be a fun one, at me.
0: Okay, going to Sunday night, Sunday uh, afternoon schedule. Of course, the Bulls will continue their West Coast road trip. They'll visit L.A. to take on the Lakers so that's at 2.30 local time, uh, Chicago uh, Central Standard Time. Of course, uh, at high, high noon, Dallas at Charlotte. As the Memphis take on the Hornets. 5 o'clock on NBA TV, we have Memphis at Atlanta. John Moran versus uh, Trey Young. This should be a fun one. Also at 5 o'clock, San Antonio at Boston. Houston at Cleveland and uh, brooklyn, brooklyn, at I'll, the brooklyn I'll that's take, I'll
1: take, yeah i'll take over from here uh brooklyn orlando at five uh wizards and toronto f5 uh okc and portland at six and the you know, second game that ABA uh, TV dollar header is Minnesota and uh, Golden State. That should be a fun one. And, you know, Carl Anthony Townsend is back, had a solid uh, game in his return uh, a couple, a few days ago, I should say. So, but also, too, if want to, want to let folks know that uh, ESPN is going to be doing uh, the women's tournament. So that's why, you know, hence the ABA uh, the TV games, no ESPN games mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. So, you know, enjoy the uh, the weekend in the NBA.
0: All right, and that's your schedule for the weekend action in the NBA. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continu- continues with our good buddy Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th and our good buddy Miss Christine the Queen Manica. I'm Sid Deslakina. You're listening to Second City Sports exclusively right here on Sports Zone Chicago. In my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not
1: even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry.
3: Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching
1: out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
4: the calling, few will earn the title United
0: States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports on this fun Friday, Friday, fun edition. We're live and live in color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. And you can follow
1: me at on the Twitter and at Zero again on the IG.
0: We have exactly 55 minutes left of this historic guest. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest? You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's not waste any time. We're six days away from baseball opening up the 2023 season, and to help us help us preview the 2023 Chicago White Sox, let's bring in our good buddy from Sox on Thirty Fifth. Dot com And the Sox on 35th podcast, which is back in full effect. Here's our buddy, Mr. Jordan Lazowski. Jordan, Yay. happy Baseball New Year. Welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure talking with you too
0: I got gotcha. you. Uh, yep, it's great having you again. uh Before we start previewing the White Sox, Jordan, of course, the World Baseball Classic, which I said it was a big waste of time, but it seems like a few White Sox members of the White Sox have been thinking, so of course, Sam Branson, Kendall Braveman, and Lance Lane representing the United States. Also, others involved from in the White Sox were Luis, Robert, and Johan Makata. How do you think that the experience that those players have playing in that tournament will help the White Sox to start off the season?
3: Oh, personally, I love the World Baseball Classic. I know not everybody does. I know that's a contentious <laughs> topic. Um, but I think it's I think it's more fun um, for the players, especially. It's a little bit more of a competitive aspect to it than those spring training games. Yeah. Um, where you're out by the fourth inning, you're kind of there. You're just kind of getting your reps. I think the competition mm-hmm. aspect um, is good for the players and will be good for the White Sox moving forward, too. I think some, some of the guys who are there getting those reps uh, and made it all the way to either the semifinals or the finals really got to experience that competitive nature early on in the season and makes them hungry, hopefully, throughout the season.
1: Yeah, I think you know Tim Andrews is on a mission because he had a really great showing from the at the WBC. I didn't watch it, but from what you know, seeing the tweets and the highlights mm-hmm. and such and uh you know, do you think, you know, if he stays healthy, do you think he'd kind of be, you know, kind of right there in the MVP discussion?
3: Of course, I, I think he's the type of player where, again, you can expect potentially a batting title from him when he's out there. And and I think that type of player, MVP, all kinds of accolades can always come with it um i'm excited to see what anderson does this year i think playing with a chip on his shoulder will be helpful i think that's kind of the theme for most of these guys is playing with the chip on their shoulder playing with something to prove and hopefully good things come from that
0: let's start with the starting rotation jordan of course is there, led by dylan he will get the start six days from now as, as the sox will open up the season at houston uh Lance land will, will be this your second starter followed by lucas giolito michael kopeck and mike clavager thank goodness that controversy is behind behind the whites. I was talking about Mike Clevenger, but who do you think has the most pressure in that White Sox uh, starting staff this year? Michael Kopek or Lucas Giolito who's fighting for the, for a contract.
3: Personal pressure is probably Lucas Giolito. Cause like you said, he's fighting mm-hmm. for that contract. He's trying to prove something. Um, he's trying to prove that last year was a fluke and, and that he's a different pitcher and he's a better pitcher. Um, so personal adversity, personal struggle to kind of deal with and kind of something to prove is Giolito. Now, for Kopech, that's a little bit more proving that you belong here, proving that you belong in a rotation, proving that you can stay healthy and in a rotation. I, I think the pressure is absolutely on to be that 4-5 guy and hopefully a lot more in his future. And I think, you know, the longer he kind of is further out from Tommy John and taking the COVID season off, It's time for him to put a full season together with a lot to prove. Um, So I think on the field is probably Kopech because it stands that he still hasn't really proven he's a starter. Giolito has. um, Mm -hmm. And I think we all think Kopech is a starter, but it's time for him to be able to prove that he can uh, handle that role for a full 162.
1: Yeah. What about the on the on the relieving side? Of course, you know, hopefully Liam Hendricks is you know he's feeling a lot better, and of course you know he's doing well. So we'll, we won't know for sure when he'll be back. You know, will it be you know like guys like Kendall you know Graveman or who they picked up, or will it be like you know Joe Kelly? You know who's going to be kind of like that that reliever you know by committee? I guess that you know, Pedro Grifol is going to do you know while Liam Hendricks is out.
3: Yeah. It'll probably depend on matchups. Um, if you're going closer by committee, it's always a risky thing to do, especially when you're a playoff team. Um, it's going to depend on matchups who's available that day, who's feeling good that day. Um, and, and what the situation calls for. I, I think when you talk about pressure in a bullpen, every single guy who's a high leverage guy, Ronaldo Lopez, Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, Aaron bummer those guys all have pressure on them because they are the ones who have to step up and fill the void of Liam Hendricks until he can return. Um, And for some of them, it'll be the first time they're pitching in a a closer role. For others, it's a return to that role. Um, But I think all of them kind of have to share some pressure of, you know, you guys are the next ones up. It's next man up in this situation. And hopefully Liam's back sooner than later. But if he's not, um, these guys are the ones carrying the load for the majority of the season.
0: We're talking White Sox with our buddy Jordan Zasky from Sox on 35th right here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports Live, and live in color Color with Zone Chicago. See Lakina hanging out with you. Jordan, let's go to uh, the outfielders. Of course, we'll start with a rookie, uh, hopefully a rookie sensation this year, Oscar Colas. He was tearing the cover out the ball so far in spring training. His defense still needs to be worked on a little bit, even though he has had his moments. What do you expect out of him as he looks like he's going to be named the starting right fielder? Yeah, he's
3: bound to be the starting right fielder, and I think, Bound to have a really good season. I think, you know, you can't read too much into spring training statistics. (laughs) But at the same time, the the stories that are coming out on him, the way the staff in particular talks about him, I I think it's fair to be very uh, high on him, be very positive about what's to come with Oscar Colas. I think, you know, to put expectations too high is to repeat past errors we've done to Sox fans, especially when players (laughs) first come up. You know, there's going to be some growing pains and Colossus will probably probably be no stranger to struggles here and there. They'll probably platoon him and only have him hit against right handed pitching early on to sort of ease him into the major leagues. Uh, But that being said, it's a talented kid who's proven that he really doesn't need triple A all that much. Like double A will probably be Mm -hmm. enough for him. I think that says a lot about him and what can be expected. The expectation should be high when players do that. Not many do.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the roster for the field. I mean, you know how I feel about Eloy, and I know he got a little banged up in spring from those last couple of spring training games. Jordan, are we going to be seeing more? I feel like I've been asking you ask this every time you're on with us. <laughs> Do are we going to see Eloy in the outfield? Is you know, is is, Graf- is going to make sure he's not playing? in, you know, in the outfield going to be th like he should be? Please tell me, please.
3: I think the goals from, from Walker fall has said, I think the goal is to have him out there maybe two times a week, which is a, a far cry from that. six or seven. So okay, at least that positive. And, and I think he's made it clear that he doesn't want Eloy to just um, be a DH. He, he wants him to train as though he's going to be an outfielder as well. And I think that's the right message to send to a young 20 something year old player at the same time read between the lines and understand that he doesn't really want Eloy out there all the time. Um, he's probably the team's quote unquote fourth outfielder just because if they're in a pinch, he can play the outfield, but on a day to day basis, maybe two times a week is probably what to expect as fans. And I think, you know, it's going to have to be that way. You don't want to pigeonhole someone at his age necessarily into that role. Um, Especially because there's so much athleticism and there's so much training that goes into being an outfielder, that naturally helps you over the course of the season.
0: I'll take zero bond. No, I'm not going to get that. So I'll just have to live with it. <laughs> I,
3: think um, I, I think we all would. I think we all would take yes. zero, maybe one. Truthfully, right, um, right. He's just a valuable player, and you want to keep him on mm-hmm. the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, him and Gavin Sheets should split time at DH depending on the matchups. We'll see if new manager Pedro Garofalo goes by that plan as the season goes along. I want to uh, ask you about catcher. Of course, Yazamani Grandal, he's been working with the uh, Blackhawks, a uh, goalie coach uh, to rehab and re- retrain himself throughout the all season. Of course, Sebi Savala is your backup catcher. How much are we going to get uh, out of both catches this year?
3: I think Zavala might end up playing a little bit more than anticipated. I think if you say, if you get a hundred to 110 games behind the plate of Grandal, and then maybe he DHs 30 games, leaves about 50, 60 games um, overall for um, Zavala to catch just behind the plate. And I think Mm -hmm. last year he proved he can handle that. Uh, He can handle being a bat at the major league level, which I've, Found surprising. I-, I thought he was going to be someone that was really just going to be a glove only type player. And <laughs> I don't kind of proves he belongs at the plate as well. I don't know what they do long term necessarily with the catcher position. I know Grondel's contract ends after the season. Mm-hmm. But you assume you get a healthy Grundel, you want him in the lineup for 140 games. And if that means you have to DH him for 30 or 40 of them to make sure you get to that number, you have a good enough player in Sevi Zavala behind the plate as his backup. To to feel okay with moving Grandal to DH every once in a while.
1: Elvis Andrus is back for the White Sox this year. Of course, you know, he came in late in the season. It was actually a spark and kind of kept help kept the Sox in it for a little while. Do you think we're gonna see some of the uh the same numbers? We saw him, you know, play, you know, do well as rain training.
3: I wouldn't expect the numbers he put up uh when he was with the White Sox personally. I think that was That was so far out of his career norms that I don't think we can necessarily expect that from him. But at the same time, to expect someone to hit 10 to 15 home runs and have a decent average and OPS, you know, at second base, it really doesn't matter all that much. Second base is a weaker position offensively around the league. And with the shift changes and the shift limitations, it becomes more of a defense first position. That's why they signed someone with such good range like Andrews. So maybe he probably doesn't put up the same numbers as he did last year with the White Sox. But if you get average to above average-ish numbers from him, but solid defense at the same time, I think you take that as a win, especially when you consider he's pretty highly regarded in, in the clubhouse as a leader.
0: Now let's go over to the uh, – continue with the infield. Of course, your starting third baseman is Johan McConnell, which I expect uh, him to have a big year if he stays healthy. I think confidence has been his issue over the last – Couple years, but Jay Berger has been making some noise in spring training, but their defense still needs to be worked on. And let's be honest, he carried the White Sox in late May to early June last year, where they were going through their struggles offensively. Uh, is it safe to assume that he's going to start the year, at least in the minor leagues?
3: I don't think so yet. I, I don't think it's safe to assume that. Um, if you want to reward guys for spring trainings, like it's the reason we're talking about guys like Hans or Alberto potentially making this roster because he's had a really good spring training. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to do the same for Jake Berger, for someone who's at a really, really good spring. Who's added a little bit of flexibility by playing both corner and field positions. I'm not sure it's a lock that he's off the roster yet. Now I wouldn't be surprised if he's off because between him, Gavin sheets and those types of players, it's hard to fit them all on the roster but at the same time, if you're talking about spring training performances and trying to reward guys for having good springs, you can you can find a spot for him on the opening day roster. You might have to get creative with a few things, but you can find right. a spot for him pretty easily, um, especially when you're facing tough left-handers like Frambert Valdez on opening day. He hits left-handers pretty well. It's a, it's a feasible way to find him in the lineup, especially if you platoon Oscar Colas early in the season.
1: Now let's talk about the rest of the AL Central for a second, uh, guys. And uh, you know, of course, you know Cleveland won it last year, and you know they've made some changes. They've you know, added some guys. It'll be interesting to see what Minnesota will see. You know how they do. Could Detroit perhaps maybe challenge for maybe one of the wild card spots? You know, Casey is Casey. So what do you think about the rest of the division? Uh, where do you think the Sox stack up?
3: It's still very winnable. It's the same conversation we had last year. It's a very winnable division. Uh, Detroit is a little bit of a mess right now um, with their change in um, front office. So they're in a little bit of a pickle. Same thing in Kansas City. They had quite a bit of turnover in their front office. They're in a little bit of a situation, but they're going to be solid. You got solid ball players there. Minnesota did good things, um, but for the most part, we returned most of the same team as last year Correa was huge but he was also on the team last year who far underperformed expectations and Cleveland you have to decide it's kind of like the White Sox and their injury issues is that a fluke it's kind of the same thing with Cleveland was that sort of a little bit of a fluke just the way they play the game isn't always necessarily sustainable So you put that all together. There's no juggernaut in this division. This isn't the AL East. This isn't the NL East. This is a very winnable division. You stay healthy. You find a way to win 90 games um, in this new formatted schedule. You're going to find yourself in a good spot at the end of the day.
0: Speaking of the rest of the American League, Jordan, where do you think the Sox, if, if they play up to their full potential, where do you see them stacking up against the Yankees? They're they're going to start with some key guys, including former Sox pitcher Carlos Rodon on the injury list, of course. Mm-hmm. Who, the White Sox face next week is Houston. Of course, Jose Altuve will, Altuve will be on the shelf uh, there. How do you see the White Sox stacking them against the American League? Because if they play to their full potential, potential i'm not saying that the white Sox is going to end up with the best record or they're going to beat the yankees or the astros but i think they could be right in the middle of the package just for me it's just for the white Sox just to get into the playoffs because out of those other two divisions you're in the easiest division quote unquote on paper in the major leagues
3: right it's on paper it's the most winnable division you're not dealing with the yankees and the astros and the rays and those types of teams they probably fall in the middle of the pack there. But at the same time, this is a team that last year had World Series expectations put on them. It's relatively the same team um, as the one last year. It's it's about proving that you still belong with some of those expectations that were given to you a year ago. I know the turnover between Abreu um and then replacing with Benintendi is a little bit different than White Sox fans would want but this was still a team that was labeled world series or bust last year. And I think it should be similar despite what the rest of the American league looks like is that their best. They can stack up with these guys. Um, are they as good? Maybe not, but rarely in the playoffs does the best team in baseball win the world series. That That's not what the world series is meant to judge. Yeah.
1: A lot of times it's just, you know, Teams can have the right time. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. So but uh I know you're a Notre Dame guy, uh Jordan. So I'm gonna go off uh baseball for a sec, of course. Uh Michael Shrewsbury is now the uh the, the new uh men's basketball coach mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. And I think this is a good hire. I mean, like he knows the area, he can recruit. You saw what he did with Penn State, you know, having them come out of nowhere and you know, went to made to the Big Ten tournament final. So what do you think he can do for the program? And, and he, can he get him back to kind of like at the very least, respectability
3: he's got a lot of work cut out for him. Um, The roster is not in a great place right now. The, the state of Notre Dame men's basketball is in a little bit of a flux, but I think you, you've seen that um, what he's done with Penn state very quickly is get that sort of respectability back. And I think you start to establish a new culture, show that, you know, this is what Notre Dame men's basketball is going to be about under me and my staff. Then more players want to come on on top of you're going to Notre Dame. It should that should still mean something at the end of the day. Um, Again, he's got his work cut out for him, but everything I've read, everything I've seen is very positive. And I think he's someone that has taken a team that it's in a little bit of a flux and has shown improvement like a Penn State. And I think it's very, very likely he's able to do it again here. I'm very excited to see what he gets to do.
0: We're heading down the home search with our guy, Jordan Lazowski, um, writer and podcast host on Sox on 35th and Sox on 35th.com. Oh, right here on Second City Sports, on Sports on Chicago, Celia King here with you, or live, live in 11 color. Jordan, let's go back to the White Sox, and Andrew Benintendi, who was the big free agent signing over the winter. Uh, of course, he was brought here to uh, bring the glove in left field, but uh, what do you expect from his bat? Of course, we've seen throughout his career, he could put up some good numbers in other years uh not so much of course he played for kansas city the last few years he played with boston early in his career what do you expect from mr benintendi in left field this year
3: i think it'll be nice to see him get out of kansas city i think kansas city is not a place for
1: (laughs) no no (laughs)
3: um that that is not the ballpark you want to play in if you've got pop as a left-hander so i'm excited to see him in a ballpark Mm -hmm. that plays a lot better to left-handers with a little bit of power. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, 25, 30 homers. But if he can get mm-hmm. back up to those 15, 20-ish homer-type seasons that he's had or has shown he can play into, I think that would be a big positive. I think I think that's a big part of why the White Sox signed him. I think you can see that the ballpark in which you played has a big effect on how you play and the numbers you put up. If you can sacrifice a little bit off the average, maybe like a 275 average, to get that OPS back up, and get those home runs back up, I think that would be a very big positive. I think he adds some stability to the outfield too. Long term, you can now comfortably say over the next few seasons, Luis Robert, Andrew Benintendi, Oscar Colas is your outfield. Now go focus elsewhere.
1: Right, that sustainability there, I think that's been a mm-hmm. problem the last few years in that infield. So we'll just see what happens. And what about Larry Garcia? I know uh, I know. Sid has been uh, very uh, hot and cold when it comes to Larry. Uh, <laughs> is he we, all have. Much? Yeah. we all have. I mean, yeah, that's true. We all have been kind of like hot and cold on him. Are we expecting much from him? He's 32 now, so is there anything, you know, do, you, do we expect a lot? Is he going to be playing much? Will he be the one dh a lot too when uh, Vaughn and uh, Eloy are not?
3: I think there's a chance he still doesn't make the roster, to be honest with you. Um, Pedro Rafael and the staff have been very non-committal to his role, and I think that's surprising for someone who's still got two years on his deal. I don't think it's unfounded. I think the Sox, if you remember Jeff Kepinger, they've done something similar. They've cut someone with two years left on their deal before. If he ends up making the team, which I think is still probable, I think he might be given um the respect to make the team and try to prove last year was a fluke of sorts for him as well if he does make the team as a result he probably won't play much i, I think he will be the true utility guy on the field breaking case of emergency type player and i think you saw towards the end of last season when miguel cairo took over for tony la Russa, you didn't see much of larry garcia and i i think that is when he operates the best, is when he's deployed in specific matchups. And if they can get back to that, it means he won't play much, but maybe some of the numbers improve. But I still don't think it's a lock for him to make the roster at all.
0: Yeah, someone should have told Tony that uh, around this time last year. You don't play Lyric Garcia five, six times a week. Uh, no, but, but like I said, really last year, really last year alone. Uh, now, going to Dylan sees Jordan. Of course, he should have won 20 games last year, but with that piss-poor offensive game plan and bad defense behind him, he only won, I believe, 13 or 14 games. What do you expect from Dylan Cease this year? Me, personally, I think he might take a maybe a slight step back, but I still expect him to be very good, barring injuries, Injuries, of course. But what do you expect from Dylan Cease this year? Do you think he'll be in the sign Young conversation
3: again? I'd like him to be. I, I think it's hard to sit and say – that a player should have Cy Young expectations every year. I, especially when that's the first year he's done it. He had a 2.20 ERA last year, I think. Mid to high twos for an ERA would not be a bad season. I think it would be a little bit different from where it was this year, obviously. Or excuse me, last year, obviously. Um, but at the same time, that's a really good season. That's not maybe a top two in Cy Young season, but that's still top 10. That's respectable. That keeps you in the conversation. I think you look at someone like him and it's about consistency and proving his last year wasn't a fluke in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you look at it that way, there's a lot of expectations that come from someone who just posted a Cy Young season. Now you got to do it again. And then again, and then again, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm encouraged by how he's improved over the spring. I think it's fair to have ace like expectations of him. So long as we don't cross the threshold into now, I need Cy Young expectations. Cause that's mm-hmm. when you turn into like a really good season versus a great one. Not everyone has like great seasons every year. A really good one, like a mid to high two ERA, that's a phenomenal season at the end of the day. It might not be winning a Cy Young, but I think that's what you can expect from him.
1: Okay, Jordan, last question for me. Now, the win tolls we've seen, you know, have been from like the eighty to eighty-three range. So where do you think the Y Sox will be? Will they be at 500? Will they be a little bit over? Will they be a little bit under? You know, will they win a division? You know, what's what how we, how many ways do you think it's gonna take to win that division?
3: How many did it take last year? Around eighty seven ish or so? I think it's gonna Give be, it be the same it. thing this season i think you win 90 games you probably win the division and i still think this team is good enough to win 90 games um i think in terms of like when you're talking about vegas odds 83 and a half was a good over under for where they mm-hmm. were last year mm-hmm. i i take the over every time i think the true talent of this team is so much better that when you make changes to a coaching staff and you make a few good-ish additions, I guess we'll say. I, I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. shoot for the moon, but they didn't do anything. They didn't not do anything. Um, when you put that all together and you combine it with hopefully better health, this team's a lot better than an 81-win season. And 81 wins was worst-case scenario across the board. I don't think they're going to be that bad again. I Maybe it's the spring training Kool-Aid. I'm still thinking 90 wins yeah. is, is absolutely possible. I, I think... The new staff, it inspires a lot of confidence in fans. Um, but I still think 86, 87, 88 wins probably wins the division, even if they don't hit that 90 threshold.
0: I think it, looking at the schedule for the White Sox for the first two weeks of the season, of course, Houston's dealing with their injuries right now. Uh two weeks from today, they'll play Pittsburgh on the road. They'll that'll be Pittsburgh's, I believe, home opener. Of course, the yeah. sandwich between there, they have San Francisco in their home we're starting uh, next Monday. But the Sox, if everything breaks right, should get off to at least a 9-7, 10-6 start. That should be a a, a good start. and Hopefully, you get White Sox fans back on board. Last question for me, Jordan, uh, we, I didn't ask you that we didn't ask you this the last time you were on our program, but I saw via your Twitter account that you you got into some baseball coaching a little bit. Tell us about that uh, how did that come about?
3: Yes, so I coach this is gonna be my second season um, coaching back in my high school Montini Catholic out in London. Congratulations. Yeah. thank you. Cool. Um, so I was a JV assistant coach last year. I' I'm, avar- I'm a varsity assistant coach this year um, yeah. so the, the same coaching staff is still there from when I graduated a few years back. Now it's like eight or nine at this point. I'm starting to get old. Um, <laughs> yeah. so the same staff is there, and they asked if I wanted to come back um, as a coach last year, and they asked me to be on the varsity staff this year. And it's truly, I could go on for hours about how much I love coaching and working with the kids and the staff. And it's, it's truly, truly very exciting for me. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, and to do it at the place where I went to high school with the same coaches who were coaching me at the time, the time uh, it's a pretty cool opportunity. I'm very, very thankful for it.
0: Yeah. Make sure you don't fall asleep. Like Tony La Russa Just saying.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be I fine. I, I think I can hit that. <laughs> bar. It's a low bar to clear, but I think I got that one.
1: <laughs> well, again, congrats, Jordan. They know that. You. That's I awesome. It. All right. Uh, uh, no, go ahead. So I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, uh, We just
0: wanted to say that we're glad to have you on our show today. Jordan, great Yay. job. Keep up the great work. I know you, do, Collington, uh, have the Sox on 35th podcast back. Uh, tell us about that in about a, a minute or less before we spring you.
3: For sure, yeah. We uh, revamped it a little bit. We said we wanted to be more consistent. We wanted to bring on uh, some new personalities. Um, and most importantly, we wanted to do it our way with our style, uh, in a way that we felt proud of doing things, uh, took the year off, decided it was time to bring it back, time to be consistent, um, and time to be able to do things you can't necessarily just do in writing a blog necessarily. Uh, so we're excited about it. It's every Tuesday we're putting them out. Um, and we're really, really excited to get into the season and have more to talk about, um, throughout the year.
0: All right, that's our right. good buddy Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th Podcast at Soxon35th.com. You can catch his work there. You can follow him on Twitter at jlazowski14. Once again, at jlazowski14. Jordan, as always, uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on, on the show. Uh, hopefully the White Sox will have a great year. Uh, you keep up the great work. Hopefully we'll have you back on again uh, uh, as the season goes along. Hopefully I'll catch you on at a ballgame or two.
3: Absolutely. Thank you both for having me on. It's truly always a pleasure. Right,
0: so much fun,
1: and that could take successes on the manager's side, Jordan.
3: Thank you, I appreciate it.
1: take care,
3: take care, everyone. Stay safe. All right, thank you.
1: All right, once again, as uh, socks on 35th's very own, Mr. Jordan Lazowski, we're gonna have another one of our favorite homies from uh, right here in Chicago. She makes her return. Our girl Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB, will join us right after this to talk about all types of stuff. We'll talk tournament, we'll talk you know we got the mat now and of course your know, other stuff too also of course white Sox. and uh, I, wonder, I wonder did she watch wbc and we'll, we'll ask her about that about that too all that and a whole lot more coming up next second season sports on sports on chicago our girl christine maga coming up right after this
2: this year my
3: mom got me the perfect bag for back to school
1: these colorful
4: binders help me stay organized these headphones are just what i need for studying
3: New sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool.
2: These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils too. These new socks—they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trish is having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10. But one of these days, a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom! I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure.
0: Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you.
2: Did you pack your toothbrush?
0: For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
4: Hey, this is Dr. J, and I'll
0: listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Welcome back to Sega City Sports on this Friday, fun, fun Friday edition. Real live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's McKinney. This is our last break for the day and our last break for the week. You want to get at us via the Twitter and the IG. You can follow yours truly at CK80 once again at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero S I D K I D eight zero. You follow me McKinney McGee on the Twitter and McKinney McKinney on the IG. And if you want to hit us up via the comment section, this is your last chance to do your last, second, fourth quarter shots uh, via the comment section. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina would bring them up on the screen for you. And let's not waste any time. Here comes our homegirl from KXRB radio. She's an avid White size fan, as many of you well know. She's from KXRB. Here comes our girl. She's still trying to get ready. She's, she's still, still trying up. to get yeah. ready. She's ready now. So here Is comes she our home girl. She's
1: Okay, she yeah, she's ready.
0: Yeah, here comes our home girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. What's up, Christine? Hey. Can oh,
4: can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we got you now.
4: We got you now. Yay, I'm great. How are you? Oh, yeah, we're doing just fine.
0: Fine. Good. Yeah, the web is starting to break out. No, go
1: ahead. sorry. Sit sorry. Oh, well,
0: yeah, we we love doing these Zoom (laughs) broadcasts. Yeah, it's starting to hear a little echo (laughs) a little bit, but.
2: Oh,
1: let's see.
0: Is right. that is that better?
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, we can go, hear right? you, okay. you now. Oh, was, yeah, was, yeah no going. echo. We'll, we'll no have the echo. echo though. Yeah, good. Okay. All right. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All, All right, so, Let, yeah, Kayla, know, Go ahead. Well, yeah, I know, I know you've been feeling you know, you've been on the underway the last few, you know, like the time with that Louise. Are you feeling better?
4: Yes, I'm definitely feeling better for sure. I was dealing with a sinus
1: infection, actually. So yeah, I'm a lot better. Okay. Yeah, those yeah. are
0: definitely not fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, not
1: there. at all. Yeah, I was about to say, been there. Okay, let's let's talk about some happy stuff for a second. Now, did you watch the World Baseball Classic? You know, we saw our guys did pretty well. I mean, of course, you know, Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn for the United States. Makada, um, yeah, I know he got a little bit banged up, but like he's going to be back. So, did you watch it or you know, do you think this will affect uh, the Sox performances at all? Um, I watched bits and pieces of it.
4: I especially watched, uh, obviously, Japan against the United States. Last batter up, two outs, bottom of the nine, Shohei against Mike Trout. My my fiance and I were watching that, you know, he's an Angels fan. Mm -hmm. And he said this, he said MLB could not be happier right now with what's (laughs) happening in this scenario.
0: Yeah, do you think that uh, we know that the World Baseball Classic will continue? uh, The next one is in three years, but do you think it's? uh, Do you think it will bring new generation of baseball fans like yourself and and younger fans uh, to watch Major League Baseball?
4: I think so. I even had the idea because obviously some major players were hurt during this whole series uh Mm -hmm. jose altuba he's out presumably for most of the season if not the entire season so it got me thinking that maybe this is going to be a chance for younger guys to step in and what i mean by that is maybe getting someone in double A, triple A, someone that isn't in the big leagues quite yet, but this could be a step towards that. So maybe that's a possibility just because you still need your players for the whole season, right? You, it stinks yeah. for for Astros fans that they have to lose Jose Altuva like that. So that's why in my mind I think maybe
1: that could be the next
4: step for this.
1: Say they happy yeah, say they happen with the of course, you know, Edwin Diaz, we talked about without that with our buddy Ryan Field uh, from ABC uh, 7 New York with the Mets. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, no, no. We did get a chance to ask uh, Jordan this, but there have been some rumors that if the White Sox don't do well, or they have a slow start or whatever, Tim Anderson could be on the trading block. So what do you think about those rumors?
3: Boy,
4: isn't it always, before Jose got traded, wasn't it always Jose's going to get traded, Tim Anderson's yep. going to get traded, everyone's yeah. <laughs> going to get traded.
1: Lynn, um, Lance, Lance, yeah.
4: Yeah, and I, look, Jose Abreu was the face of the White Sox franchise, you know, for almost a decade, he was their guy that they would feature in everything. So now who's going to be that guy for them? It could be Dylan Cease. I think it will be Dylan Cease eventually. But then you think of veterans now on the team and you think of a guy like Tim Anderson. So I would like to say I don't think that they're going to trade him because you do need that veteran. You do need someone in that clubhouse to to get your mind right and to get your head in a better game situation. Um, But I guess it just depends on, what 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 a coach has in, in his head you know it just depends on what the organization um sees for the future of the organization
0: i think if the if, if the ship uh, ship if the ship goes south <laughs> this year i think tim anderson's name will be on the training block uh, along <laughs> with lucas giolito because lucas giolito will be a free agent mm-hmm. after uh, this year before we uh, uh get into our baseball predictions christine uh Just, I I saw this on um, Foul Territory, the new uh, baseball podcast by former MLB Network host Scott Braun. Of course, AJ Brzezinski is involved in it as well as his co host. And Lance Land came out earlier this week, so he's talked to Liam Hendricks and it said via Lance Land, he said that uh, the target date for Liam Hendricks uh, could be uh, late May, early June. Of course, the White Sox won't say anything until. Next week when the season starts, which is six days away for those of you scoring at home. But uh, did you hear about that news? Did you see the clips on social media before what Lancelot said? If if so, uh, what were your thoughts?
4: You know, I saw a couple of things going around, you know, especially during sprint training. How they were seeing Liam and how he was really responding well to treatment. He was throwing with the guys. He was interacting with the team. And I think that's all just really good signs of not only a guy that's really fighting this, but also he's wanting to get back out there. He could have just stayed wherever he's at, you know, receiving his treatment and not go out to spring training, but he did. And it just shows his dedication for the team, and it just shows how hungry he still is for the White Sox. And just to win in general, whether he's fighting cancer or not.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good sign too that he's out there with the team and he's been there, you know, training and you know, working out. So hopefully that's a good sign. Hopefully he will be back by at the very at the latest, maybe mid June. So, you know, I'm sure he'll be going, you know, in AAA to kind of you know, make sure to get his, you know, his physicals going and so I'm sure it's gonna take him a while to kind of you know get back into uh shape. But look, if any like I say, anybody could you know could you you know conquer this and you know go him. it's him totally without without a doubt. All, All right. right. All Go right. Ahead no, no, okay. Well, you know, you want to do the win totals first, or you have another question for Christine? Um, right
0: um, let's let's do the win totals first uh, okay. for, for the White Sox. Yeah, and then we'll okay. uh, give give the picks for the rest of the divisions.
1: Okay. Because yeah, because yeah, I know we talked about this with Jordan a few minutes ago. Uh, the the win totals are between maybe eighty to like maybe eighty three or eighty four, depending on who you talk to. So, Christine, I'll start with you. What do you think is the White Sox will be the White Sox win total this year? I'm going to say 86.
4: You know, I'm going to – I think they have a good momentum going this season, especially especially with Grafol as their head coach now and and just a whole bunch of scenarios coming into play. I think with Liam getting, you know, diagnosed with cancer too, this motivates the guys to actually play well, not just for themselves but for the their teammate, their teammate that's going through this battle. So I, I think that's going to cause a – a different feel in the locker room for sure.
0: I've been debating in my head over the last couple of weeks, 87 between 87 and 90. Uh, I think I'm going to go with our guy, Jordan Likina. I will say 90 because I think between 87 and 90 wins will win this AL Central. Of course, Cleveland had 90, 91, 92 wins Mm -hmm. last year to, uh, to beat the Sox by 11 games. So I'm going with 90, but uh, to Christine's points, you you had them at 86. Tampa yes. Bay Rays uh, made it in as the last wild card team from the AL. They had eighty six wins. Eighty six, so, yep. So uh, we'll see what the White Sox uh, do this year. Like you know, how many wins that you that you had the White Sox this year? I have them at ninety. Yep. This thing has eighty six, but those scoring at home.
1: I'm keeping yeah, I'm keeping with uh with Christina. I think it's gonna be eight six or eight seven. I think they'll they'll win some series that they'll have no business winning. They'll win the series that they're supposed to, they they may have a hard time against that top tier. It's gonna be the division. I think you know, we saw what happened last year. It was the division that kind of killed them. So mm-hmm. they need to get that together. To, you know, if they can win, get those wins in the division, they got a shot. But I'm keeping it like an eighty six or 87 somewhere around there.
0: I think you bring up an interesting point, Lakina. That you that you mentioned earlier. Everybody is going to play everybody in baseball this year for the first time in uh-huh. since the history of the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, interleague play is not interleague play anymore. You're going to play everybody, and mm-hmm. you have less division games off your schedule. I believe you're going to play your division opponents 13 times, and that's across. Uh, baseball for everybody. So, you're not going to get a chance to beat up on the Tigers and the Royals like you used to. I know the Sox have been struggling against the Royals over the last few years, but you're not going to beat up uh, everybody as you want to uh, in the divisions anymore. So, I think that's another element to add as well. So, we'll see how uh, teams adjust to that. So, I'll ask Christine and Lakina first. Do you have the Sox winning divisions with your Wintos? Christine, I'll start with you first.
4: Gosh, you see- I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I think the team is so with a new manager and and just a couple of new faces I I'm going to say no for now and that could change as the season goes on but I'm going to say no
1: yeah. We'll ask a...
0: you, yeah. We'll ask you later, Christine. Does 86 wins in your opinion get them into the playoffs? But we'll ask that later. Yeah. So, yeah. Know.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I think they're just gonna miss by a couple of games to Cleveland. I think mm-hmm. there's just, you know, if I if I have to choose like right now, I mean they'll get more wins, but I don't think it's gonna be enough to win that division.
0: All right, let's go to the American League East. Of course, the Yankees won the division last year. Toronto and Tampa Bay were the Two of the three wildcard teams from the American League to get in last year. Of course, the surprise of the division were the Baltimore Orioles. They had 83 wins. Of course, bringing up the rear were the were the Boston Red Sox. They had injuries from uh, mid-June on, so they failed to qualify from the playoffs, unlike the year before. Who do you guys see winning the AL East? Lakin, I'll start with you.
1: I think the Yankees will I think the Yankees will win it. I think they'll they'll just beat out Toronto. And I know I love that Toronto squad, but yeah. I think yeah, but I think like, like the Yankees are on a mission this year. Aaron just got that fresh paper. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be like maybe two games, but I think the Yankees will win the division.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the, the Yankees too, just because they were they were on a hot streak last year. Let's be honest. I mean mm-hmm. they it seemed like they were going to be unstoppable. And with the addition of Anthony Rizzo in the midseason, that just accelerated the process, I think. And he got a, a nice little contract from the Yankees, too. So they they actually have something to play for, and I agree with what Lakina said.
0: Okay. And I will take the Yankees to win the AL East, as you say, Lakina, barely over Toronto. Now, the AL West, of course, we mentioned Jose Altuve will miss at least a uh, let me we'll, well miss some time uh, at the start of the season for the Houston Astros, but the Texas Rangers are much improved. They have new manager, veteran manager Bruce Bochy. Oakland Stinks. Mm-hmm. They still rebuilding. They may play in Vegas in a few years, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. still had the Anaheim Angels. Uh, Shohei Atani, you may be watching him in the Angels uniform <laughs> for the last time. He's a free agent at the end of the year. And you said have Lakina Seattle Mariners who lost to Toronto in last year's wild card round. Who takes home the AL West title? Will it be uh, Slam dunk in Houston? Will because somebody come out and surprise them? Christine, I'll start with you.
4: I don't know, Chris. Do you think I should pick the Angels for this one? <laughs> yes, for division. Do you think they will win the AL West?
0: Uh,
3: no, I think
4: they're a wild card team. Ah, he said a wild card team. it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is giving you the big eyes right now. No, it's, it's, uh, it's the Astros and everybody else. He said it's the Astros and everybody else. So I don't know. Based on that, it's so tough because now with Jose Altuva out, you know what? This is the one time I'm going to go against my my loving fiance here, and I'm going to say the Angels just because if sh- if they don't win this year, Shohei's out. So you got to do something to keep Shohei
1: on the team. Makino. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Seattle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna okay. go there. Elson well, has an even bigger expression for that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> but Seattle's a
0: good young ball club. Remember, rookie uh, outfielder Julio Rodriguez uh, came out of nowhere last year, yeah. and the Seattle gave him fresh cash, as the kids would say. So, uh, he, he's he's a, a good a staple for that ball club. So, well, yeah, uh, that's not a bad pick at all.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think they'll just—I think Houston will still be good even without Altuve, so because there's a lot of depth there. So I think they'll—it'll mm-hmm. be between those two, but I think Seattle will win out. Now, watch the you old—they know, end up not when not getting the, until you know getting the wild card instead. But okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be
3: the Series.
0: bad guy. Yeah, I'll be the bad guy and take the Astros, but I don't think it's going to be easy as people think. <laughs> now, since we have our division winners, oh, uh, yeah, we had the East, the Central, yeah, and the we West, did, of yeah. course. Yeah, so uh we uh, three uh wildcard teams uh from the American League. Lakina, I'll start with you.
1: Okay, I'll take Houston uh as one of the okay. wild cards. I think they'll they, like I said I think Seattle will just beat them. Uh you know, I'll say Toronto as my second card team. Y'all know how much okay. I love the Toronto squad. And I'll say the Rays. I think the White Sox will just miss the playoffs. I think the Rays will get them by like a couple of games.
0: Okay. Uh, so you, so we didn't get to the AL Central but Lakini has a uh, presuming Cleveland winning AL Cleveland, Central. I got Cleveland winning.
1: I got okay. I got Cleveland winning the Central.
0: Okay, Christine, uh, you said the White Sox will have 86 wins. Does that have enough of them to make it as a wild card? I'll ask you uh, is your wild card your three, give us your three wild card teams.
4: White Sox. Okay.
0: So I
4: don't have the White Sox winning the division. Okay. I'll say Seattle. I, I agree with that. I okay. think Seattle. And then I'm going to go Houston, too, because, again, it, uh, it look, it, we all could be wrong, me and Lakita, and just say, yeah, they're going to, to get the wild card, and they end up winning the whole thing. But, again, when, with with a big player like Jose Altuba, that's going to hurt a little bit, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to step out and say the White Sox will win the division with the 90 wins. Cleveland will get that first wild card. The second wild card for me is Toronto. And coming out of the AL West will be Seattle. So those are my three wild, wild card teams: Cleveland, Toronto, and Seattle.
1: Hey, look at that. It. Nothing much surprised me though. So yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. the Sox doing a winning division. Okay, yeah, you know, look, will, that won't be I wouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, that's that, that division still winnable. So we'll see what happens. Now let's go to the NL for a second. Uh, let's go to the uh. We'll do the central first. Now I don't have the Cubs winning. That they're not ready for. They're not ready just yet. No, I'll, they're now. They're nowhere ready. No, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I think well, I might, I might be surprising my wild card pick. all buckets at the second. So, I'm going to pick St. I'm St. Louis though.
0: I'll go with St. Louis as well.
4: I, I'm be- I'm between the Brewers in my head and St. Lu- and St. Louis, but I think I'm going to go with St. Louis.
0: I think Wilson Contreras, the former Cub, will have a big year for them. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah. He's got a lot to prove, and he wants to kind of unintentionally stick it to the Cubs. So, <laughs> but let me just see what that <laughs> the next week with that that first meeting between those two teams. That's going to be interesting. All right, now let's let's you know let's do the East. Uh, said you go first.
0: Uh, Philadelphia, uh, sad news for them. Reese Hobbs, uh a yeah. big bopper, he had suffered an injury mm-hmm. yesterday. He's going to be out indefinitely. They yeah. already had Bryce Harper out, to at least I think the All Star break, mm-hmm. and so they uh, they're going through it right now. The Mets lost their closer in Edwin Diaz basically for That's the entire year.
1: Much, yep. <laughs> so, so I'm going with
0: the Atlanta Braves. Christine,
4: I, I like I. Like- that pick, I I was going between the Mets and the Braves, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Braves. You convince me,
0: Sid. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took I, it
0: from the Mets last year when the Mets collapsed right. in September.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking Atlanta too. Yeah, I think you know, especially with Diaz being out, that's a big loss for the Mets. So I know, Dan, I know, Swanson's with the Cubs now, but I think they've got enough talent there in Atlanta to you know kind of you know, stay right there in that division. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the uh the Braves too. So yeah, so we're all in agreement on that one. That you know, pretty cool there. Uh, uh the West. Uh, in know West, I'm gonna say I know boy, it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be like a little tussle between the Dodgers and the uh and the Padres. I'm gonna say the Dodgers. I know they've lost some you know some talent, but they actually reload on some talent too. So yeah. I'm picking the Dodgers. It'll be a it's gonna be close. It might come down to the last week of the season, but I think the Dodgers will uh we got uh we got the division again.
0: I'm going with San Diego. They beat the Dodgers in the playoffs last year in the divisional series and uh, in four games. Uh, they have a lot of momentum going into this year. Uh, they still want to prove that they're not the little brothers to the Dodgers anymore. Uh, I have them winning the division. Uh, the Dodgers will obviously keep it close. While I have them as a wild card team, stay tuned.
1: <laughs> Christine?
4: Dodgers it, it's just like how the Houston is what what Chris said Houston over everything else so now it's Dodgers over everything else.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, now wild card. Now mine, I have the Padres. I have the Mets and I think the Phillies will squeak it out. I think the Phillies will do just enough to get into that second wild card like they did last year.
0: Christine,
1: I'm going to go with the Padres too. Um, oh
4: boy. <laughs> I don't know why, but it seems like Miami's getting a little momentum too right now, the Marlins. I don't know why, but No, I'm going to go with Padres, Mets. Oh, this is tough. You know what? I'm just going to say the Cubs to throw it in there because who knows? They can surprise (laughs) us. So I'm just going to go with it and say they're not going to win the division, but maybe maybe something's going to kick their butts. So just to get the Cubs a little bit of a confidence boost, I'm going to say them.
0: Watch oh, if yeah, it happens, we'll give you the credit for it. <laughs>
1: they'll say, yeah, oh they'll, they'll give you all the Wouldn't credit, that yes. Something? That would be something,
0: <laughs> <Sid>. <laughs> uh I agree with you, uh, you guys about San Diego and the Mets. I think the Mets will find a way to get in, but I do not have Philadelphia in this year. I'll stay with the NL Central, but I'm going with the Brewers.
1: Ah, uh, see, I was going to go do that one, too. Ah! <laughs> be, look, like I, said, I think, you know, I think, look, it, it might be a bond between those two, you know, the Brewers and the Cubs for that, yeah. those last, yeah. that last spot. So we'll see. I mean, look, I wouldn't be shocked. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, yeah. and
0: one more pick, uh, your World Series winner. As Lakina says, don't, don't, don't take this at face value.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't take none of this at face value. Uh, oh, boy. Ah, uh, shoot uh you know what i'll I'll go with the old guard i'll say the yankees it's been a long time for them so i'll say the yankees they're they're due for one this year
0: christine
4: my heart is saying the white Sox, obviously (laughs) of course but logic boy there's like three different teams circling my head right now (laughs) yeah
0: Oh, this is so
4: tough. I don't know. <laughs> I know that you, you I'm going between Yankees or Boston. Uh-huh. or the Angels cuz like I said if they want to keep showing,
1: they got to win. So <laughs> um <laughs> we'll say don't be out. I'll say you know, you get. look I said well if you want to change it you know, in, in power, Halfway through this season, but we'll give you that little uh, mulligan there. So we're gonna get the mulligan halfway the, through. I'm so. gonna say the Yankees for now. For now, I'm
4: sticking with the Yankees
1: because that's like the okay. sure
4: like powerhouse of like yeah. Okay.
0: And to mix things up, I will go with Slam Diego, the San Diego Padres. Slam Diego, Slam
1: Diego. That is <laughs> but that's what our parents
0: okay, little- called him a couple years ago.
1: <laughs> well, look, you our buddy Herb Lawrence will like that pick. So hey. you know, yeah, you know, big history with them. So uh. All right, folks. Those are our picks from MLB this you know, coming season. Of course, again, don't take them at face value. You, you listen. I can see sports on sports on Chicago. Lekina like McGee, Sydney Brown, our girl KXRB's Christine Manica uh, joining us. Uh, let's talk a little NFL uh, real quick, uh, guys. Uh, well, Christine, we'll get your let's get your thoughts on some of the signs for the Bears so far. Of course, they've got Edmonds, uh, you know, among many others. So, well, what grade would you give the, uh, the Bears so far with their uh, free agent signs in the offseason uh stuff?
4: I don't know what Ryan Poles is doing, but he's cooking something. Uh, and right now, they look great on paper. Seriously, like they just look like this is the team to look out for in the NFC and just in the NFC North too. So it, I think if I were to grade how this trading and off season would is going, I would say I would give them a solid – a like I would give them a solid. I was teetering between a B or an A or like an A minus. So I I think I'm gonna say an A minus for that one. Oh, Chris is saying it's an A. <laughs> like sure. <laughs> just, just there was something with Carolina just recently that they got. I can't remember the big player that. Oh, Adam Thielen. This mm-hmm. is a, this is sneaky of Carolina because here's the deal if ryan Poles would have waited just a little bit longer we could have gotten adam Thielen out, out of the deal because i think Thielen would have done great with the bears just to have a veteran guy like him on that team is something that i think they they need um so i so i'm a little bit salty about like oh you could have held up for just a little bit longer and just gotten Thielen out of it. I know he's, you know, past his prime time of the career, but he's still a good player, and even just to get something going for the line, he would have been great even if it was just for a couple of years.
0: But I think because of that trade, what the Bears did with Carolina for acquiring, swapping picks in the first round and, of course, acquiring D.J. Yeah. Moore, I think that's what did it in, if, if they were thinking about Thielen.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that might be interesting. Still sneaky, still oh. very sneaky. You know, well, yeah. yeah. Look, I mean the Panthers, look, the Panthers are, you know, look Frank Reich. I think that he won he has a lot to prove. You know, after what happened with at Indy, so you know you get all this. You know, he brought the band mm-hmm. back together pretty much. So yeah, I think that's kind of sort of like that mindset there. So we'll see who the Panthers pick at number one now. Yeah, hey, oh, you know,
0: speaking of oh, Ele- the Panthers, looking like, you know, real quick, uh, we didn't get Christine thoughts So this, uh, I think she told us oh. what she thought via the, oh. via our, a direct message, but. Uh, you know they're gonna draft a rookie quarterback whether CJ Smart or Bryce Young, but they signed veteran Andy Dalton.
4: Andy Dalton. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm gonna be sick. Well, look, he's anybody turn- not learned like from the last <laughs> gosh knows how many seasons? <laughs> I I can't say this. The NFL got smart about Carson Wentz. Nobody picked him up. That's that's what they got smart about.
0: Yeah, he'll probably be your new, uh, the the new version of Nick Foles uh, when the season starts. When the quarterbacks uh, go down, uh, they'll probably give him a call to uh, come and sub in for a couple weeks.
4: <laughs> I, I still yep. feel bad for Nick Foles, poor guy. Right. Do you think exactly. he
0: plays in twenty twenty three? I'm talking about Nick Foles. I think he does because you know I quarterbacks get hurt all the time.
1: I think he does. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Someone's gonna get injured. Someone's they're gonna need somebody. So I'm sure he's gonna keep himself in shape. Someone will yeah. call him, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, keep
0: that phone charging. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, uh, of course, was released by Dallas. Uh, he uh, wa- he has his choices of the Eagles, the Jets, or the Bengals. So does he Gosh. go with the? Yeah, does he go with the Bengals? Does he go with the? I know some people say his best fit would be the Eagles, the Jets. Of course, you know we'll see if Aaron Rodgers and you know Jets and yeah. the yeah. Packers will figure out Look, the competition. E- either yeah, way, I that just- yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was to say either
4: way, when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott, what a what a bust that was for Dallas. I mean, Jerry Jones thought that he was hitting the lottery with that guy, you know, and he just signed that massive contract with with mm-hmm. Dallas not too long ago. So just uh just an unfortunate situation there. I I still can't figure out what happened to him besides maybe some injuries or or whatnot. I I don't know, but I hope he's successful wherever wherever he goes next, but I don't think he'll be the same player that we first saw in Dallas.
0: You know, when you get up there in uh, the your upper 20s and your uh, lower 30s, that's because senior, mm-hmm. c- senior citizen age in the NFL period, yeah, especially, right. especially, for, especially for running backs. You know, uh, the way that he, his running style is not valued in well, what the NFL is today. We know it's all about offense and passing. So with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, uh, choose it if it's between Philadelphia, Cincinnati, or the Jets. Uh, long as he's in that backup role, uh, yeah, he'll be fine, and so uh, uh, he'll he'll find success wherever he goes. I want to ask before we move on, Christy, I want to ask you about David Montgomery. He signed yeah. with the Detroit Lions now. <laughs> expectations are high since they barely missed oh, yeah. the playoffs last year. Uh, how do you think he's going to do uh, for the Lions?
4: I think he's he's going to do great. I, I can't believe the Bears wouldn't keep him because he's such a great guy on and off the field and um, just, just a big, strong asset to the team. There's one thing that I can say about the Bears. No matter how many times we rip on their offensive line, defensive line, coaches, quarterbacks, whatever, the running back position has never, knock on wood, never been an issue for this team. So that's something that I can confidently say that is going to keep on progressing for the bears, but unfortunately it's not going to have David Montgomery in it. And and I think the Chicago fan base is going to miss him um, as a player for sure. And just someone who was very active in the community. And I think Detroit's going to really benefit from it for sure. They were, they were right there last year,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and this is just going to feed into that. Yeah, just wanna. I wanna ask: Has there been like, was there like a, a trade so far, or a free agent sign that you know kind of made you scratch their head? Were you surprised? You know, what what kind of you um, know what 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 was tipped out at you? I think Jimmy G going to Vegas kind of was like, I didn't
4: <laughs> think he would do that. Just because Vegas and Jimmy G, that could be an interesting combination. <laughs> yes, there, there was a there's a video that the Raiders posted, I think, the other day of him looking. At the stadium for the first time. First of all, he's just so gosh darn attractive. It's hard not to look at him and think, "Can you not be attracted for five minutes, even <laughs> in just like a <laughs> long video?" So, I mean, I think he's gonna. The Raiders—they've been through a lot the last couple of seasons, and I think them letting Derek Carr go just shows how difficult it has been for them. So I hope that Jimmy G is the guy that's gonna that's gonna turn it around for them. Um, Baker going to Tampa. I was very shocked about mm-hmm. that one. I thought maybe the Rams would keep him, that maybe they would form him and mold him a little bit. So that that one kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, What's not surprising is Aaron Rodgers just putting on a show for everybody and just saying, oh, it's happening. The trade's happening. It's like, well, dude, then then why are we even talking about it? It's such a media (laughs) circus and I think
1: he's enjoying it. Yeah, lose my him, number. Yeah, I like, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I told uh, Shefty, Yeah, I told Shefty that. Uh, yeah, you used to say about Jimmy G. I mean, it was it's pretty funny because you know, wasn't there like a brothel in Vegas that say, hey, you'll you'll have you your pick of women or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Oh God, that that's uh yeah. Hello Vegas. I guess what happens in Vegas, as long as, as long as you're protected and you know everyone's you know. Well, Jimmy's going to know what happens in Vegas, that's for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Let's see here. I want to ask
0: Christine this. Have you been watching the NCAA tournament? We had two instant classic games last night with Ah. Michigan State, uh, Kansas State, and then, of course, UCLA losing to Gonzaga.
4: I've I've heard. I've watched a little bit here and there. I've heard of what happened. I I tell you what, when Purdue lost, my Facebook feed was full of angry Boilermaker fans. (laughs) Not only did they lose to a 15th seed last year, but now to a 16th seed, who, by the way, wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament in the first place.
1: (laughs) There you go, exactly.
4: Oh, man, I I can probably say, though, I still have three teams in my final four that are in it. Alabama, Houston, and Gonzaga. The one that let me down was Kentucky. I can honestly say I'm proud
1: of myself for that.
0: We'll give you an applause for Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Thank I'll you.
1: say you'll say your brackets are better than mine then. Cause my, my mind were like, I didn't mind look, I I had no, I was okay with a uh, Purdue losing because I didn't have them coming down that region. It was when Duke and Kansas both lost. So I was like done for them. I'm Like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> I finish. Uh, you got the oh, we got the WGC uh, Match Play. Dell Technologies Match Play tournament is going on right now down in Austin, Texas. Uh, your buddy Victor Hoblin won his uh, his match, his opening round. Uh, well, not opener, but I think uh, second round. Cause I know the uh, the what it's been uh, some weather issues down there. Uh, who do you is gonna win that, Chris? Who do you think's gonna win?
3: <laughs> Ooh, uh... Uh, talk amongst yourselves.
4: Give me 30 seconds. Give me 30 okay. seconds. I think I we were I I'm, th- I'm thinking Rory's do a little bit. I think this would be a good win for him, and he's been looking really well recently. Uh, Jordan Spieth, he's had a couple of good swings this tournament as well. Um, have you thought about it yet, Chris? Uh, Mr.
1: <laughs> Mr. Hoblin cannot win.
4: Oh, he said oh,
1: Victor Hovland should not oh, win. Oh yeah, you're you're, you're guy, your guy Hovland. Uh, I'll say chef, I'll say Scotty chef. I'll go with the hot, the other hot hand. I know uh, Rob's not there, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, Jason Day, I know uh, he won his match as Colin Morikawa earlier, so uh, should be mm-hmm. a fun one. Always a fun one. Uh, yo, know, Chris, you got you got Chris, you got, one? you got one. Yeah, a name for? Oh, he's got someone. I
0: do. Who? Shuff- Shuffler will be tough to beat, but I'm going to go with Max
1: Homa. Max oh, Homa, I like that. he's going mm-hmm. with. I like it. Yeah, I like Yeah, I like that. He's been playing pretty well, too, lately. So, yeah. Good to be interesting. And he got a Masters- day off unexpectedly today. So, there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I you know they're, they're having a uh, weather just down there. So, they're probably going to play uh, two matches, like two or three like matches tomorrow. So, it's going to be... Pretty interesting. I uh, want to give a shout out to Cindy Crosby, who a couple of days ago uh, got another his a thirty point, uh, goal, 30, a thirty goal season. You know, he, you know, eighteen, he had his first season when he was eighteen. Now he has it at, at, at thirty six. So still playing at a pretty high level. Same with Adels Ovechkin. Uh, got his fortieth goal of this season. This is the thirteenth career forty a goal uh, season, passing uh, Wayne Gretzky. So uh, congrats to uh, both those uh, legends.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right you oh y'all else you want to say uh well okay hold on, how about the women's side christie on the women's uh tournament uh who do you have there okay, they're they're playing right now as we speak
2: oh
1: boy uh <laughs> we didn't research that. yeah i didn't
4: research that extensively enough unfortunately <laughs> um but, but i will say iowa i was just Why? killing it. So I'm, I'm going
0: to yeah, Clark is good. Yeah. yeah she oh, she's,
1: she's better different. than good. <laughs> All right, Absolutely. Yeah. I will say I'll agree with you on that. Like uh, Caitlin, uh, uh, Caitlin car. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we disperse?
0: Yes. Uh, I just saw this, uh, on our, from our good friends at awfulannouncing.com. uh, NFL owners considering flex schedule for Thursday night football. Uh, this could means that Thursday nights and week between weeks 14 and 17.
1: I you know they're the going to do that, that for
0: Monday Night Football next year well, in 2023?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. right, and now yeah. all the owners
0: want to do the same thing for Thursday Night Football.
1: I say get rid of Thursday Night Football entirely, but we can't have nice things. So, i let have the floor for this one, Christy. <laughs> I'd say keep Thursday night football and get rid of Monday night football.
4: I don't need, especially when the Bears play, I don't want my week to start off sour after they lose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'd rather oh, have no.
0: them
4: lose on a Thursday so that way I could just go out and forget about that they even lost. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not I've never been a fan of Thursday night. I know this was definitely a money grab. Now the flex part, you know, could get me interested a little bit, but I don't like I never liked Thursday night football. Even even when it was on network television, I was never a fan of it, you know, especially with the games being, you know, terrible. So yeah. And don't forget, don't uh,
0: Amazon yeah, Amazon would get the um Black Friday game starting right. next season. That's yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. Oh
4: boy. Uh, <laughs> that gives something out, a- El Michaels to look forward to.
1: Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I wonder if this is going to be the last season for him because I know that he's, you know, he's kind of, He you know, look. He's. he doesn't I'm look sure he's wanted it
4: to be the last season
1: last year when he got terrible games. Right. So <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe this will give him to stay a little bit. You know, now they're going to be doing the flex, say, after, after this season, coming season, not, not till, you know, not till like the next season. But yeah, hopefully this might keep him around for a little. He might stay around for a little bit, <laughs> another like, a couple of years. <laughs> All right, on, on that note, you follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and Akil's Gorgia on the IG. <laughs> you can
0: follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80 SIDKIDA0 SIDKIDA0. Zero. Christine, where can lovely people follow you on social media?
4: They can follow me at CManica underscore KXRB.
1: All right, of course, you guys go you, know, you can check out our show. You know, anytime you want on War Media Podcast, remember that's a new name now. War Media Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Google Play, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We also want to thank our buddy uh on 35th, uh Joy Lazowski for uh joining us as always. You can check out his podcast. Softs are 35th, where we get your podcast mm-hmm. as well. Uh, what else, there? I, am I done I missing anything, Sid?
0: And of course, the lovely Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. Of course.
1: Of course. <laughs> of course. Of, course, of, course, of course. And, no, you.
0: To be husband Chris for uh, directing background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're,
1: you're getting crazy background commentary. Funny. Background commentary. Yeah, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. that a commentary. He's
4: of course, re- he's very th- watching much golf right now. We have to oh, get yeah, him was- on for him to talk golf.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh well, the Masters are coming up in a couple of weeks, so maybe we can. Chris, you, you want to talk Masters?
0: In a, in, a in a couple weeks
1: in a couple weeks yeah,
2: that'd be awesome.
0: yes he's yes. like yes okay, all right love
1: it love it love it hopefully tiger will be playing too so it will we'll be a little bit uh engaged yes, yes. <laughs> I was to say, maybe we'll see there but uh, of course you take out sports of chicago also on roku tv of course yo know, look yo know, sports of chicago you'll know, type it up it's right there for you whatever you get your uh your podcast or your uh your uh, apps and such whatever uh smart device that you got it's all right there for you. Check out our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas. What's up, cousin? Those Smoke Fellas. We probably have a lot of basketball talk coming up tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh yeah. I think we got we got everything right, Sid.
0: Yes, we got everything covered. Mm.
1: All right. I know it's going to be a little bit rainy in some parts of the, of the Midwest. So be uh, sure you know, stay safe, stay dry, and enjoy all the sports, the smoking sports, sports, sports coming up this weekend. With of course, with the tournament on both the men's and women's side, the, the mm-hmm. golf with the match play. Uh, NBA, the uh, spring train's finishing up. Uh, some soccer, like uh, it's all covered for you this time of year. You gotta love it. <laughs> yes. All right. So for Sid and Christine and Chris, I'm Lequanda. The second seed sports. I'm of Chicago. and We'll see you Monday. <laughs>
0: love, peace, and hair grease. Holla. <laughs>